You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. Yo, man, it is a joy to be here on this morning, man, to, uh, man, uh, my prayer is to, uh, to bless you uh, and to uh, challenge you in the proclamation of the gospel of Christ. Let me be the first to tell you up front uh, that this message that I'm about to preach, I have been terrible at over the past couple of years, and I, and I would say probably these 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 last couple of months, God has been doing uh, doing something just different in me, and and prayerfully for His glory. Uh, when I came uh, 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 just a few years back, uh, I used to be on fire for Jesus and sharing the gospel. Uh, there, there, there wasn't a person that would meet me that would not hear what Christ, who Christ was, and what Christ had done. And uh, I would, you know, you know, I'm known as the Bishop of Starbucks. And so I would, I would visit different Starbucks with my Bible open on purpose, hoping that somebody would ask me, what are you doing? And, and from that, I would pray, would spring this idea of, man, you know, of me of having this, 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 this thing on a platter to talk about Jesus. I was a very confrontational guy, uh, 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 unlike Delighting in Jesus Christ would have been my main attraction. It was me debating on who he was, hoping that would win this person over. Well, I can say this. I'm zero for 100. Uh, debating someone has never won anyone over to Christ, uh, just in my time of, of, of sharing my faith. And so I, I stand here deeply convicted that even now, and, and you're here later on how, I'm praying that God would do something different, that God would uh, do something real in my heart, man, that I would have a heart and a, and a burden uh, to share the gospel when he prompts me to. It's good to know that, man, uh, just, just this past Tuesday, uh, to be among leaders of our church, and uh, one of our discussions on Tuesday was the lack of or the continual act of Evangelism. How, man, that at the end of the day, we all said that we can do better at this, that we can do better at sharing our faith uh, uh, to a world and in a world that really needs to know who Christ is and what Christ has done. Uh, And so there was a deep conviction, even when we just view the prayer list and how there's just this plea, there's this where there are people praying, will you pray for my sister in her salvation or my spouse or my mother or my father? There is a need uh, uh, for conversions to happen uh, in, in the lives of, of individuals. And here of late, man, it's just that, 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 that whenever we spend time in prayer, whether that's staff or in some other arena, uh, the thing that comes up often is conversions. That God would grace Stonegate with conversions. That we would have the opportunity to see physically through baptism what God is doing in the hearts of people. And not only in baptism, man, but just to see people come to know Christ in an authentic way has, has been our prayers, and man, and, uh, and, man, and, and so, so, man, we're praying that God would, God would be found faithful in doing those things. And so, today, I want to just take a poll of those of us who are in, in the room and just ask you a few questions before I get in today's text. Uh, do you believe? Now, do not raise your hands. Keep your hands down and answer with your heart. Do you believe that God sent his son to die for all sinners? It's question one. 
Do you believe, and that's John 3.16, do you believe, according to 2 Peter 3.9, that God, he wishes that no one would perish, but that all would come, or that all would reach repentance? Do we believe that God wishes, that God has a desire that no one would perish, but that all would come, or that all would reach the point of repentance? That's 2 Timothy, that's 2 Peter 3.9. First, uh, uh, First Timothy 2, 3 says that God, who was our Savior, that he desires that all men, that he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Do you believe that? Do you believe that in John chapter uh, 17, verses 14 through 20, that God has sent us with this word to proclaim to the world that that, that people might come to faith in, in our proclamation of the gospel. Do you believe that God is sending you out to proclaim this wonderful message? Do you believe that? That God is going to use you in a grand way to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Now, if our beliefs or our belief is to inform our behavior, how are you doing joining in with God and that pursuit of sinners being saved, of all people coming and reaching the point of repentance? How are you? I'm not going to give you a scale, but how are you? Are you actively pursuing lost people? And today's text, we're going to hear about the greatest guy ever. His name is Jesus. And if you could probably just uh, uh, give a quick summary of what his mission was, I think Matthew chapter 4, 23, and even today, Matthew 5 and 35, will give you, gives you a brief description of his ministry, and that was to teach, to proclaim the gospel, and to heal. That you see Christ doing all things well, that you see Christ, he's, he's teaching in synagogues, he's proclaiming the gospel to Christ, and he's Doing ministry. So we read, so we find, so we find ourselves in, in today's text. Man, my prayer is that, man, that we would have the passion and compassion to do what we see our Savior do in today's text. Look at verse uh, 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 35 with me and look, and look what it says. That Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogue and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. I want to see that, number one, that Jesus was committed to the proclamation of the kingdom of God. I'm going to give you just a quick definition of how this kingdom of God works. I'm going to give you one sentence. That, that, that when we are... When we try to define or want to define what is, how does, how, what is the kingdom of God today? It is, it, is, it is God's mission, it's God's activity to rescue and to redeem sin-stained, his sin-stained creation through their putting through them believing in Jesus Christ. And so here it is. So so Jesus, so God is not after changing systems. He's after changing souls. So when people come to know Christ, his kingdom expands. God begins to rule through reconciliation. So as God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, when a person believes in that great message, his kingdom expands and he begins to rule. He's not overly concerned with systems, but he's concerned about souls and heart change. And the way, again, that God rules, the way that God redeems, the way that God gets to this point of his kingdom being spread is through 
reconciliation. And so when we proclaim this great message and when we see this marvelous act of salvation take place, there's t- this, it's twofold. So we proclaim this, this marvelous story, this marvelous gospel, yet we also then have to do what Christ did, and that was now do ministry. I believe that some of us, we, 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 we have a passion for preaching the gospel, but we lack the compassion for those we preach the gospel to. Because when we begin to preach or proclaim the gospel, and let's say someone that that God would grant us somebody at that time to come to know him, we're then introduced into the muck and the mess. And we all know that at times, ministry can get messy. So it's easy for us to proclaim the gospel and yet be unconcerned with the soul that we are proclaiming the gospel to. We just want them saved and not disciples. And it's both end. We need to be passionate about proclaiming the gospel, but, but, but we also need to have compassion and do the ministry of those who come to know Christ. Uh, this past Monday, I was going to CVS, and I was going to pick up me some things that I needed at the house, and at the front of the door was a guy named Jeff. Jeff was sitting there on some bag, and so, man, so I, I, I went in, I saw Jeff. I'm thinking he's going to beg for money, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking he's going you know, to ask for something, and, and he didn't. So, man, so when I come out, man, I got in the car, I stopped, I looked around. I said, hey, man, what's, what's up? He said, hey, man, what's up? I said, man, no, man, I noticed you, you were out here, man. Are you, are you okay? He said, yeah. I said, I said, man, do you need something to eat? He said, well, no, man, I'm good. And then I, this had to be God, because then I asked him, man, do you have somewhere to stay? He said, well, not really. Shoot! What did I ask that question for, man? Man, I messed up, man. I said, well, man, we... Man, we got a house, man. You want to stay here, man, you, you can. My wife may not, may not like it, but hey, you know, you, ha- you have somewhere to stay. He said, no, man, I'm good. I said, oh, yes, he's good. Uh, okay, yeah, so, so you're good? Yeah, man, I'm staying at the apartment. I mean, I'm staying in a tent behind a car wash, but I'm good. I said, man, I said, God, this, God, this has to be you. I said, are you sure you're good? He said, yeah. He said, man, uh, can I have your number just in case? I said, sure, man. Here's my number. He texted me that night and said, man, thanks for looking out. I will be in contact with you if I need it. Uh, I remember him asking me, man, so he asked me this question. He, He said, man, so why are you asking me, a stranger, to stay at your house? I said, man, I said, man, because I love you. He said, what? I said, man, I love you. He said, man, you don't even know me. How? I said, man, listen, listen, listen. I'm, call, I'm called as a Christian to love you unconditionally. It was, it, it was a small segment to hopefully he and I have a conversation in, in greater detail about what it takes to be a Christian. But I know that, that, that there are sometimes in this Christian walk, you can't always share Christ up front. You can do a kind act up front to soften a heart to eventually share Christ. You got to ask God for wisdom when it comes to that. So my thing was meant to do a kind act, get him in my house, and let's talk about it. It'll happen. So he and I, we're supposed to have lunch tomorrow. So, man, he and I, man, and we'll, man, uh, we'll meet up and, and we'll talk. And, man, just pray that all that goes, goes well. Here's my point in this story, that when we go out, when we are so, when we share the gospel, this gospel message, we have to also be willing to do the ministry of the gospel. And that's getting in the mess of people's lives. You see that when Christ is going throughout all cities and villages, healing 
disease and afflictions. He's doing the work of the ministry. It's both and. It's both and. So my question to you, that in your desire, in your pursuit and passion to proclaim the gospel, are you willing also to do ministry? You have to do them both. So we see that Christ, he proclaimed. We see that in part B of 35, he also was willing to enter into the mess to, to do the ministry of the kingdom. Let me say this. Proclaiming the gospel and doing the ministry is not left to leadership. It's on us all. It's, it's on us all to, to do this in a way that would bring much glory to God. So we have to proclaim uh, this message. But then when you look at verse number 36, uh, verse 36, now this is, this is the meat of what I want uh, to say here. Look what, it says, uh, uh, look what it says in verse 36. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. Underline, highlight, scribble, cut out the word compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like, like, like sheep without a shepherd. You see that Christ was able to have compassion because he saw the condition of the sheep. They were harassed, helpless, and like sheep without a shepherd. Now, as Christ is looking at this crowd of people, he's thinking back to, to Ezekiel 34, how, how it was prophesied that, that these shepherds were only trying to use and to fleece the sheep. So by the time Christ gets on the scene, the scribes, the Pharisees, the lawmakers are doing a poor job in, in leading Israel. And so Christ comes on the scene and realizes that the sheep are in the shape because of the lack of leadership at the time. And so, and so Christ gives an accurate diagnosis of, of, of the condition of the sheep. First of all, he said they were harassed. This word means Wearied, tired, worn out, fatigued. Because, because the leaders of this time kept giving them law after law after law after law. They added to it. Where it got to, some would say, 613 different laws. They're wearied. So Christ, he steps back in Matthew chapter 11 and says this, Come unto me, all you who are wearied and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Christ is their hope for, for, uh, for them being harassed, but also he says they were helpless. This word helpless takes you back to uh, Mark chapter 9. When you find, the, uh, when you find uh, uh, Christ coming down from the transfiguration, his his disciples debating over some issue, and then you have this father with the son say, hey man, my son needs help. Can y'all do something? And they are, they are unable to, to, to rebuke and or release the demon from the child, so the, so the father turns to Christ and says, Christ, could you please have compassion on us and help us? He's saying, could you please have, could you please enter into my dilemma? Could you please be deeply disturbed or hurt over my situation and heal my son? You drop down to the last part of that section of verse. It says that, uh, 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 that, that when this demon finally had released and uh, uh, went out of this young boy, they declared him as left. They declared him as dead. So when you see this word helpless and, 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 and this picture of this guy being left dead, that's how Christ physically see the crowd before him. Let me stop here and point out that this is how he sees them physically. 
But we all know that spiritually, because we were all dead in our sins, that there are people all around us left for dead. People all around us fatigued because they're trying to do this and that to please God, or just to please themselves and the state of being sinners. And I'm telling you, sin or religion or whatever it might be will leave you either harassed or helpless. And the answer is Christ himself. And so, and, and so the answer, the hope to a harass and the hope to a helpless people is Christ himself. And he's on the scene now. The true shepherd, the good shepherd, the great shepherd is on the scene now to protect, to love, provide, and ultimately to lay down his life for these people. The answer has made it. So when you see verse verse. 36, you see Christ, that you see that, that his, his motive for teaching and preaching and healing, and you see in verse 38, his, his motive for, for forbidding his disciples to pray is because of the compassion he has for people. You can be passionate about evangelism and not be compassionate about people. You need both and. And if you're so passionate about declaring a message or debating doctrine and people around you are fatigued, harassed, worn out, about to give up in life, considered dead in those sins, and you do not proclaim the gospel to them, what are we making much of? What are, you making, what are we making much of? And so you see in verse 37 how, how Christ, here's what I want to say before I read this verse. There's not a short number of harassed and helpless people in the world. There is, not a, there is not a shortage of sinners. Yeah, look at what Christ says uh, in verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, the, the one who, who does the work, they are very few. The issue is not sinners. The, the, the issue is there is nobody willing to get up and do some work. That, 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 that we, that, 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 not us at Stonegate, but those outside of Stonegate are, are willing men to let sinners roam wild and not declare the message of Christ to them to get them out of their condition. Listen, we label people, but we don't love them. Man, I can, man, I can watch C, CNN. I call it constantly, what is it? it's called constantly negative news. And all I see, man, look at the chaos that the world has going on. And I began to label them, but do I love them? There's chaos all around us. There are sinners all around us. Are we labeling them or are we loving them? Are we trying to avoid them or are we trying to pursue them? Are we judging them or are we trying to bring joy to their souls by giving them this message of Jesus Christ? What are you doing with the plenty of sinners that are around you? What are you doing? I mean, I was uh, sharing the story earlier. I've, I've kind of moved up in status. No longer am I just the bishop of Starbucks. I'm now the bishop of every coffee shop in the area. I'm, I, I make my rounds. And so last night, I'm at White Rhino, being spiritual. I got my Bible out, the books I'm reading out, and there's a guy named Stephen sitting behind me. Now, Stephen, he and I, we share the same common interest. He's an apple lover. He has like five iPads. 
three iPhones and two Mac Pros. I love this dude. I mean, man, so, so we can chat about Apple all day long. Now, he now, we've been do, doing this thing for like for three to five months now. So, man, I, I know him, he know me. But last night, as I'm, as I'm being spiritual, and I'm, I'm, I'm going over this message, God said, say something to him. Do what you do best. Talk. Let's talk. You, you, you got that down. Just say something. Just talk. But make sure that the conversation ends up mentioning Jesus. So, I'm, y'all, I'm sitting there. I see him. I see him. And I'm, and I'm still battling him. Turn around, he's gone to the restroom. <laughs> so now I have time to I have time now to man regroup, get my thoughts together. I say, I say, I'm gonna ask him this. I say, man, I bet you. I say, man, man, you know what, man? Why do you think Apple has a has a has a bite mark out of it? Maybe that was the Apple that Adam. I'm, 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 I'm trying to think of man. How can I talk to him, man? And so man, and so man, so so he comes back. <laughs> Hands clean, he's folding his hands, he got his hands, he's drying up, and he, and he sits down. I said, all right. Whew. I get up, and I walk out. Did not mention Jesus at all. I'm preparing a message about evangelism. God puts on a platter the opportunity for me to share the gospel. And I I don't do it. Here's what I know about Stephen. He's not saved. Now, I pray again that God would grant me a different opportunity to proclaim the gospel to him, y'all. But in that moment, in that time, while I'm preparing this message about evangelism and God grants me the opportunity, gives me the grace to talk about it, I do not do it. There will be plenty other times where God would grant me the opportunity. I pray to present the gospel. Here's my prayer from y'all that I pray that y'all will ask me that next time that God does that. See, I think here's, here's our fear is that we think that sharing evangelism is about, or doing it is about success and not faithfulness. See, you're supposed to evangelize because it's just, it's out of obedience. It's out of what God has called us all to do. You, you don't have to be gifted to do it when you have received the gift to do it. See, we depend more on a talent than the person who changed our lives. People don't need an apologist. They need somebody simply to tell them what Christ, who Christ is and what Christ has done. And please walk with me. Simple. Just help me. Help me how to, to help me show me how to delight in the person you love so much. That's it. And there will be plenty of opportunities, rather, rather relational, you getting to know one, or opportunities of spontaneity. God will grant you opportunities to share the gospel. Hey, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. They're few. I'm praying that, that, that one of the laborers, that God is telling his disciples, I'm praying that that, that, that that would be Stonegate eventually. Look what he says here in, uh, 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 in, verse, in verse, 30, uh, verse 38 again. Therefore, he says, now here's, here's the issue. The harvest is plentiful, yet the laborers are free, so I'm asking you to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Now watch this. When God, when, when, when Christ looks over the crowd, what he does not see is problematic sinners. He, he sees potential saints. See, man, man, 
I'm praying that God would readjust our, our, our eyesight, man, that, we, that when we see people who are struggling because they are sinners under the influence and control of Satan, man, that we would, man, that, man, that we would take this opportunity where there are plenty of sinners and that we, will, that, we, that, we, that we will become a laborer and proclaim the gospel as such. But here is my plea, that in order for this to go well, in order for this to go right, not successful, we have to bathe these things in prayer. I cannot tell you how many times I've shared the gospel and did not pray before or afterwards. Relying on my own strength, on my own biblical IQ, which is very low. But I'm relying on these things to win somebody over. I'm, I'm, I've been called to say that sometimes, man, I, I, could, I, I could talk my way out of anything. So I try to talk people into the kingdom, whether they depend on the spirit of God to give me the wisdom to share in such a way where this person or these people come to know Christ. I have to bathe this thing in prayer. So when it comes to us, man, going out and having a a desire, a passion to share, a passion to, uh, a compassion to the ministry, we need to pray about it. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. It's his harvest anyway. So when we hear the psalmist says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, that should give us, man, confidence to go out into God's harvest, God's field, and to proclaim this message. There are two types of harvests I want to share with you about today. When you read Luke 18, there's this, there's this story about a Pharisee going, that this Pharisee and this sinner going up to a mountain to pray. One of them is a sinner, that's me, lost, did not want anything to do with God. The other one is a religiously lost person. This is my mom. Let me give you the story of my mom, and, and she told me it's okay to share it. My mom came out of my grandmother's womb in church. She, she had it at church. So, 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 you, you got this where, where, where my mom is actually going to church every, uh, she, she sings on Fridays and Saturdays in a church, goes to church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and then she'll go back singing Sunday night. Then she'll go to choir rehearsal on Tuesday, Bible study on Wednesday. My mom was religious. Had a Bible. Brand new Bible at that. Wore suits. Had the hat on. Going to church. She was a religious person. I asked my mom a few years ago, Mom, when did you get saved? All her life in church. Paying ties. That was me up me alone. She said, son, I got saved around 45. Mom, but you was in church. Son, I know, but I, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior at 45. I thought for 40 some years mom was saved because mom went to church. That was not the case. I believe that, man, that if, that if we're, that, 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 that me, if I'm not careful, I'm only thinking of the harvest as those who are out there sinning like I was. But there are some people who are caught up in religion who is lost as well. That's the harvest God is calling us to reach. Those who are out there in the world, at, we said in Oak Cliff, buck wild. They're just out there doing their thing. And then there are some of us in church who come in, sit in, we wave our hand, read our Bible, and have never experienced Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. That's the harvest. And the answer, the hope for the wayward sinner and the one who is lost because of religion, the hope to both of those 
is Jesus. And both belong, belongs to him. So when I'm looking at trying to say, man, where, man, man uh, I'm praying to the Lord uh, of the harvest, and I'm asking God to send out or to cast out. I got to look out, who is my harvest? See, one of the things that I just learned about is that, man, that, that, you know, I, I've always saw lost people as people like me, just in sin, doing their thing, man. But man, when you look at the Bible, you see that people, they're, they're all religious leaders who are lost, have no clue who Christ is, and yet he deems them as lost, you vipers. They're lost. And so, so I got to realize, hold on, there are some people in church and some people in the club both going to hell. Only God knows who's what. It's not my job, but the, here's the truth. The harvest is out there and the harvest is also inside of church. My prayer, if that's you and you are religious and you depend on what you do best. You depend on reading your Bibles, praying, going to a home group, coming to church, giving, and you depend on your doing for salvation. My prayer is that today Christ will put an end to that because religion saves no one. Only Christ does. So we're called to be evangelistic to both outside and that's why the gospel is preached in church and out because we both need Jesus Christ. It's the A to Z of salvation. So, you say, you know what? Valentino, I hear you. I hear you, man. But no, I got some issues. I'm afraid. I, no, man, I, I, no, man, my fear is that someone would reject me or that or, or, that, that, that someone would, uh, 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 or that I would fail, that is, that I would share the gospel and that individual would not come to faith. Let me tell you this. The only thing that we're called to do as saints is to plant into water. It's God's job to give the increase. It's not your job to sovereignly watch someone come to salvation. That's God's job. Your job is simply to plant the seed, to water the seed, and to pray that God himself would give an increase. So don't let failure be an excuse or you're not an expert. If you're not an expert, get in line. I'm not either. God has never called us to be experts in evangelism. He simply called us to do it. Either we're going to trust God or trust ourselves. Listen, you don't have to be gifted to evangelize. Just share the gift you received. Christ. Talk about the person and work of Christ, and that's it. You're not there to debate. You're not there to wrangle. You're there to simply to exalt the work and person of Jesus Christ and trusting that God has done the hard work before you. Then, maybe you're the one where, where you're just busy. Oh, I'm too busy to evangelize. I got my schedule down, I go to work, I come home, I watch TV, and I go to bed. Or I come home, go to my social club, or I go golfing. I have my own schedule. I don't have time to evangelize. I wonder, because we've all been taught here that we are supposed to be great stewards over our time. I wonder, would that excuse hold up to God, that I've been busy doing my thing? It won't hold up. Or maybe you want like, maybe you're the one that, that likes to live in isolation. Can I tell those who live in, in isolation, will you please get out the house? I promise you, you'll be doing the whole house a huge favor. Will you please get out and go? See, either we are isolated or we're insulated. Either we are isolated from the world or we are insulated around a bunch of Christians. So we never had the time to share the gospel. See, but we love sharing doctrine, but not 
But, but a, a lot of us don't find time to proclaim the gospel to lost people. Will you please get out the house? Will you please? Now, I wonder how many of us have are friends with sinners. That if, I, that, that if God was to look down your favorites, would there be a sinner or two there? Man, we, man, 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 we, we, yeah, we, we have to, so, so we, we can't use these things as, as an excuse on why we should not, but here are reasons why we should evangelize, because we are jealous for the glory of God. I believe that the greatest example of the glory of God was, was Christ himself coming down, living a perfect life, dying a horrendous death for securing our salvation. I think that was the greatest feat. That was the greatest example of God's glory. But secondly, I believe, is that someone else coming to know that person who did that for, for their sins. Are you jealous for God's glory and that you want people to come to know him? It's the does that burn? Is that a deep desire in you, God? God, God, you put people around me, but God is me. I'm more concerned about me than you. Will you, God, will you please change my, God, will you please change my desire? And God, as I see you put people around me, in front of me, give me, God, the, God, the courage, God, to share and to proclaim your gospel because I want to see your glory. Number two, it should be out of a gratitude of what God has done for you. I have gratitude that God has really been good to you, salvifically and in life, that you should want, that you should desire to share the gospel and to do the work of ministry with someone. Number three, because you love people. Now, if you're the type of person that loves, that, 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 that dislikes people, Melothian, we have a problem. You have to love people. You have to love people, lost and found. But, but, but because of the fact that I love people, I want to see people get to know my daddy. And last, I have a high view of God's sovereignty. And we regarding salvation. High view. Very high view of that. But my high view of God being sovereign in regarding salvation does not negate my responsibility in sharing the gospel to all people. Because here's the kicker. I don't know who God's going to save. I just know I'm called to share it with all people. And whoever God decides to save, he saved. But let me be found faithful in sharing the gospel. Are you sharing the gospel? Are you, are you talking about Christ with your life and lips? Are you, are you willing to do the ministry? Why? Because you have a passion to proclaim. You have a compassion to do ministry with other people because Jesus did. Let me finish up with this, and I'm done. When you read verses 35 to 38, the only command, again, I'm going to say it again, the only command that, that we found in this text is the, is, is the command to pray. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Now, in praying, I want us to pray for boldness. Now, the bold, now, boldness is not the absence of fear. It's courage and freedom to speak as God wills it. So I'm asking God, God, give me a, give me a boldness, God that, God, that when you prompt me, God, that, God, that when you lead me to proclaim this glorious gospel, unlike Valentine did last night, give me the boldness to say it. And then you pray for, then you pray for wisdom. Listen, you cannot treat everyone the same in regards of sharing the gospel. Everybody cannot be treated the same. When you, look at, when you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus dealt with each person on an individual basis. You have to ask God how to proclaim the gospel in a way it, 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 it connects with the one that you're trying to serve. So you need wisdom. 
You need boldness, and you need opportunity, which means that you will have to be disturbed some. Get away from your normal routine of life and say, God, listen, I'm going to get out and, and I'm going to walk. Now, normally, God, I wouldn't walk, but God, today, I'm going to walk in my community. I, I tell y'all a, a quick story, and it's funny. We moved to Grand Prairie, you know, to another section of uh, Grand Prairie, like, uh, last month. So here's my thing. So, so, so I, I got in. No, my study is right there in, in front of the house. So when I go to study, I... I I open up the blinds. The blinds are open. And so I'm actually looking for a neighbor to come outside. I'm, I'm looking. I'm reading. I'm looking. I'm reading. And when I see one come outside, I act like I'm going to the mailbox. Hey, 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 how you doing? Is that all right? He said, yeah. So they, hey, hey, say, what's your name? So they would say, what? I said, oh, there it is. So then I go closer. Hey, man, what's your name? I introduce myself. And, and, and uh, Jeff, who's my neighbor across the street, asked me this one question. What do you do for a living? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you. And then we got to talking about Christianity and God and the Bible and how Jeff is a very religious person. So I'm inviting him over, man, uh, tomorrow. No, 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 Thursday night, hopefully, or, or Sunday night, for him to watch football with me. And hopefully we can start talking about, you know, what God is doing in his life. See, I had to go about things differently. That's, that's what Jeff, then maybe I would meet somebody at Starbucks that I have never known. And maybe God then is calling me, causing me to share this. I got to ask God for wisdom. God, how do you want me to do this in a way where it glorifies you and it appeals? To, and, and this person is drawn to who you are through my sons uh, of the gospel. Then you got to go, man. Here's the thing, you, got, you, got, you have to go the field and being controlled by the Spirit of God. You cannot, God is not calling us to do this of our own self. He's going to empower us with his Spirit to go out and do this for his glory and hopefully for the good of the other while we serve them in our hearts. So, so we, need, uh, uh, we need to pray for boldness, for opportunity, for wisdom, uh, we need to pray for God. Then we need to pray for the harvesters. Uh, a few months ago, Rodney introduced this idea of our top five. My top one or my top five is my father, who up until 18, I had never known. My father and I has probably, we probably had the roughest relationship over the past 20-something years. I have, a, I, I, I have a daughter. He has, a, he has a, grand, a granddaughter who's about to turn four on next month, and he has yet to see her. Whenever he and I get on the phone, it turns into a, a rant or him lying to me. And I've, 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 I've I wanted to put him down from one to number five. And God says no. Because, son, if you keep praying that I grant the opportunity for you to love him, to, to present the gospel with both your life and your lips, I want you ready. Can I ask you a question? How often are you praying for your top five? Does the fact that your top five, that none of them have, have, has come to Christ yet, does, 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 that, does that lead you to pray even more for them? We have to do, God is calling us to do this. He's calling us, man, to, man, to go out and to share this message because we ourselves have been recipients of it. Your top five, who are they? Name them, list them by names, and pray for them. Pray, man, allow that to be, man, that's one of the first things that, man, you will ask God to do in your, in your devotion time. Just pray for one of them each time you meet with God. Just, 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 will you just pray for them? Last thing, and then I'm done. Uh, 
There's this thing called wait for DDDIS. Wait for DDDIS. Wait for DDDIS. Uh, these are what they call critical transitional points in one's life. So, it's, so, 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 so the gospel is more receptive when somebody uh, 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 has a divine encounter with God, experience a death in the family, going through or, or a troubling marriage or divorce or have some severe illness or, uh, or, or, or that their status has changed in life. That when people are going through these, uh, uh, these critical moments in their life, that man, uh, uh, they, it's probably a great time to share with them the gospel, okay, to, to point them to the person where there's hope in all things. Lastly, it's a quote by Charles Haddon. Then I'm, I'm ending with prayer. He says, if sinners, are da- if, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over your dead bodies or our dead bodies. If they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertion or exertion, and let not one go unwarned or unprayed for. The greatest act of compassion we all have received, and that was God sending down his son, taking our own human flesh, again living a perfect life, dying on the cross, absolving our wrath and giving us his righteousness, and then calling us even as his own son and daughter, we have received compassion. I pray that this compassion that we receive because and in Jesus would motivate us to go out and to be passionate and proclaiming the gospel and being compassionate with people who we're called to serve. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.